This work in progress is released under a Creative Commons license. The following Still Ripples podcast is dedicated to all those living in confusion, who are in pain, and who are searching. He who has ears, let him hear. This week on Still Ripples, God Talks Zoology Imagery with Job. and welcome to this week's Still Ripples. I'm Greg. And I'm Brian. Guys, we are in the book of Job. We are uh, getting really close to the end. Uh, chapter 39 tonight, uh, or today, or whatever you're, whenever you're watching this. So, uh, Brian, uh, why don't you give us kind of a, a synopsis thus far? Well, so far, we saw in the previous chapter, we, uh, you know, God's finally spoken. Mm-hmm. You know, we were both excited about that. Oh, yeah. I know I was, because I've been waiting for it. And I know some of you yeah. probably been waiting for it the whole time. But in the first part, we see that God essentially asks Job if he can explain creation. We also see God ask Job if he's able to supervise all creation. In this chapter, a lot of the translations just continued on, you know, because God is continuing to speak as if there's never a break. But some of them did give a title for this section. The New American Standard Bible entitles this section as God Speaks of Nature and Its Beings. Uh, the God's Word translation broke it down into multiple parts. Uh, verses 1 through 4, the Lord continues the mountain goats. Uh, verses 5 through 8, the wild donkey. Verses 9 through 12, the ox. Verses 13 through 18, the ostrich. Uh, verses 19 through 25, the horse. And 26 through 30, the birds of prey. Broken down into the different, basically the different animals that uh, God brings into the discussion. Uh, in the New Living Translation, which I think echoes really all of this is Lord's Challenge Continues. I think that's actually a good title because there, there really isn't a break here. It's a continuing of uh, God's making his points here. So, well, without further ado, guys, let's jump back in. <clears throat> Chapter 39, verse 1. Do you know the time when the wild mountain goats bear young? Or can you mark when the deer gives birth? Can you number the months that they fulfill? Or do you know the time when they bear young? They bow down, they bring forth their young, they deliver their offspring, their young ones are healthy, they grow strong with grain. They depart and do not return to them. Who set the wild donkey free? Who loosed the bonds of the Angar? Whose home I have made the wilderness and the barren land his dwelling? He scorns the tumult of the city. He does not heed the shouts of the driver. The range of the mountains is his pasture, and he searches after every green thing. Will the wild ox be willing to serve you? Will he bed by your manger? Can you bind the wild ox in the furrow with ropes? Or will the plow, or will he plow the valleys behind you? Will you trust him because his strength is great? Or will you leave your labor to him? Will you trust him to bring home your grain and gather it to your threshing floor? 
once we go into the the next section there it kind of uh, changes animals so we'll we'll stop right there you know looking back at the the start of this you know as Brian had mentioned it's a continuation of what God was talking about and it's it's interesting because right before this in 38 um, you know God was talking about the lions and their uh, their feasting and, and uh, their hunting and things of that nature and now God's even gone a step further further to start talking about what would be viewed as prey um, in the goats. So not only is God asking the question to kind of show, you know, I'm in control of not only the hunter, but also the, the prey. Yeah, yeah. The prey. And, you know, in in the most vulnerable time too, you know, when they're give when when they give birth, they're at probably their most vulnerable vulnerable time. Um, you know that's a good point, Greg. Uh, that's a good point that you make because, you know, I mean, not that this is necessarily being made there, but mm -hmm. I believe it is. You know, in a, a lot of mythologies and stuff, there were gods that that were like they they created certain creatures. They were mm -hmm. caretakers of certain creatures. I mean, like Hera was the peacock or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, peacock represented her. But in reference to God, he, he is sovereign over all creatures. They mm -hmm. are His creation, and so there is no distinction between some other god or lesser gods. No, there is God. Mm -hmm. And he created both the predator and the prey. Yeah. And, you know, again, when we look at the questions that God is asking, it, it, it's kind of him presenting in a question form things that are known about him and himself. Uh, again, to Job. And, you know, getting down into uh, talking about the wild donkey and the fact of it being free and then it goes even further to say would the wild doggy just come to you you know would the ox follow you and plow your fields for you would they do they even need us and it's 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 saying that you know they're free they don't need a human or any kind of intervention except for God to go out and say you know go to this field eat here go here sleep here we don't have to tell them that they do it instinctively. Yeah, I mean that's a great point. They do not need us. Mm -hmm. There's this, you know, whenever you try to domesticate an animal like that, there's mm -hmm. that refusal. There's that fighting. They don't mm -hmm. want to be domesticated. Mm -hmm. They don't need us to be taken care of. That that you know there is someone that is taking care of them and it is not exactly. us. It is it is God. Mm -hmm. And they, I mean, you know, we wake up, we go to bed. The animals are taken care of, regardless of our presence. Exactly. And, you know, even in the process of taming an animal, a lot of times it's referred to as breaking. Yeah. So there has to be a, a breaking point to uh, basically bring them under submission uh, to yeah. us. Yeah, it's refer yeah so, so what, is, what is the structure that was there that we're breaking? Exactly. Well, you know, it refers to also, you know, breaking their spirit or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, their spirit per se, what... What is that spirit that was put there, you know, mm -hmm. per se? What is, you know, the guiding force for them or whatever? You know, it's it's God. I mean, exactly. I mean these, these are rhetorical questions mm -hmm. because, I mean, God isn't asking him like, oh, well, I don't know. They're rhetorical mm -hmm. questions to him. Because, mm -hmm. you know, as we've stated, God knows the answer to each and every one of these, but he's presenting it to Job, asking Job, if you're so wise, if you're so smart, then why don't you tell me, what I already know. I know the answer to this. What is your answer? So in the first part we're seeing and each one of these animals does represent kind of a <clears throat> in a way kind of I wouldn't say like a personality or whatever but they represent something like you know the donkey or the ox being loners 
being, you know, unyielding to be domesticated and stuff like that, but also, mm -hmm. like, the altar would represent something like strength. Uh, I mm -hmm. mean, someone back then, certainly, would, would be able to, to relate to this because such animals, they would they would mm -hmm. try to domesticate stuff, mm -hmm. and they, they would be used, uh, they would be property and used for, like, their farms and stuff. Mm -hmm. So for them to hear something like, uh, oh, well, you know, these animals... Um, you know they're surviving on their own. You know it, it does it does speak to them. They do and they have their this understanding. And it's that they you know the fact that they they find the satisfaction in being where God uh, God has placed them. They're not uh, in a lot of ways they don't they don't long for anything. You know they've okay. got they've got where they're at. Now it doesn't mean that the circumstances are perfect, but you know God takes care of them. One way or another, yeah, and it yeah. correlates with the rest of Scripture, where it uh -huh. talks about you know Christ was talking about the, the you know the birds of the air, you know they're not worried, they're not worried and everything, exactly. Because they're, yeah, they're being taken care of. Yeah, and I think that that's just you know that's really interesting that he brings that up specifically uh, in this time. And like Brian said, you know it gives kind of a view. A lot of times the donkey was a uh, uh, an animal of burden or uh, servitude, you know, and yet the donkey doesn't complain that you know. Why am I put into this situation? Why am I put here? Why am I put there? Um, so, I mean, that, that was kind of an interesting take that uh, one of the commentaries that I read was uh, talking about, which, uh, you know, also kind of contrasts how Job has been about talking about his oppressors and things like that. So, um, yeah, uh, verse 13. The wings of the ostrich wave proudly, but her wings and pinions like the kindly storks, for she leaves her eggs on the ground and warms them in the dust. She forgets that a foot may crush them, or, a or that a wild beast may break them. She treats her young harshly as though they were not hers. Her, labors, her, excuse me, her labor is in vain without concern, because God deprived her of wisdom, and did not endow her with understanding. When she lifts up her, her, excuse me, when she lifts herself on high, she scorns the horse and its rider. Have you given the horse strength, have you clothed his neck with thunder? Can you frighten him like a locust? His majestic snorting streaks, strikes like uh, excuse me strikes terror. He paws in the valley and rejoices in his strength. He gallops in the class, clash of arms. He mocks at fear and is not frightened. Nor does he turn back back from the sword. The quiver rattles against him, the glittering spear and javelin. He devours the distance with the fierceness and rage nor does he come to halt because the trumpet has sounded. At the blast of the trumpet, he says, Aha! He smells the battle from afar, the thunder of captains and shouting. Does the hawk fly by your wisdom and spread its wings toward the south? Does the eagle mount up at your command and make its nest on high? On the rock it dwells and resides, on the crag of the rock and stronghold. From there it spies out the prey its eyes absorb, observe from afar. Its young ones suck up blood, and where the slain are, there it is. You know, overall, this is a really interesting section because, you know, 38 had a lot of uh, rhetorical questions. That, I mean, it was question after question. This section has a lot of questions as well, but it moves, you know, a lot from just the rhetorical to more description. Mm -hmm. It's kind of getting down to a, a less of kind of a overhead view to more of a finite view, um, you know, specifically bringing up 
yeah. uh, the horse, the donkey, the yeah. ox. So. We, we see that change in uh, definitely in verse 13 because you're mm -hmm. seeing all these questions and then once it hits 13 you still see some but then it gets into description when it talks about the ostrich and stuff like, mm -hmm. like you were talking about. Um, I mean certainly speaking from someone who knows. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that we, uh, Greg and I were talking about beforehand is the whole little section over here the ostrich kind of bothered me a little bit because mm -hmm. I was like you know well you know it spoke a little differently to me because I'm like well what about you know how does this relate to science and everything mm -hmm. and there have been some people that say this this whole part is erroneous because it goes against science or something like that but no what you should focus on is that it's being described in a way that someone who is unknowing would observe these things mm -hmm. And so man being finite, this is how often, you know, without having any other understanding, this is how we'd, we would observe the, some things. We, we would look at the ostrich, ostrich, like in some, you know, we look at some animals and we're like, man, that animal is just stupid. Mm -hmm. What is wrong with that animal? And we don't know, you know, the instinct behind mm -hmm. it and, and what went into effect with it. Mm -hmm. we, we think that our descriptions are, you know, we, we speak like as if we have authority mm -hmm. in description and, and everything. Yeah, you know, you know, Brian makes a very good point that there, there are things that we see that uh, today we kind of take for granted. We understand or have a better understanding of why certain things happen. But when you when you look at it in its purest form, much like what Job would be doing, it does look like a foolish thing. Why would why would this happen? Why would they do that? That doesn't make any sense. They should do it this way. Yeah. And you know, that kind of even reflects in our own lives sometimes that. You know, we we make those statements, we make those comments. Why in the world did they do it this way? They should have done it that way. And sometimes that it, it's it's that perspective that we have from the outside looking in. I mean, I mean that that's a wonderful way to relate it because if you just read this quickly, if you uh, you know through and stuff, you're gonna like, well, you know, this is about animals and stuff. Mm -hmm. Miss the point all altogether. You know, God is bringing this imagery in, and you know, because the whole story, the whole backdrop, and everything has been about Job's life and what is going on. And when God asks him these questions, uh, like like one commentator said, the description uh, talking about the ostrich here says the description conforms to a popular perception rather than intending to be based on scientific ob observation. The intention was to demonstrate Job's inability to comprehend the natural world. Mm -hmm. If you cannot comprehend the natural world and know exactly what's going on. How do you expect to then bring God into court and call him out and say, hey, you know, this is what you're doing wrong and this is, you know, and defend your own self before an all-knowing, all-powerful God. Mm -hmm. You can't even comprehend the world that you live in around you. Mm -hmm. And yet you're, you're, you're basically saying, you're, you're basically trying to call God out mm -hmm. in so many words. And it's, and it's in a, a simple form, you know, like you said, yeah. it's, it's looking at the world that, that is around us and we have a, a certain perspective, a certain view, yeah. you know, a, depending on where you are, we even talked about this a little bit, you know, culturally, we all view things a little bit different when it comes to these things. So something that doesn't make sense uh, to us might completely and totally make sense to that individual of why they're doing that. Yeah. You know, something I thought was really neat um, in verse 26, does the hawk fly by your wisdom? You know, God is asking Job, do you know why or how the birds fly? Do you are you the one who came up with the idea that allows them to fly? Yeah, that's a beautiful question. It, mm -hmm. I mean, it isn't just you know, do the hawks fly, or mm -hmm. do you know how they? Fly? I mean, by your wisdom, so are mm -hmm. you guiding them? Exactly. Are, I mean, did you put it into effect? Mm -hmm. Do you? I mean, did you 
formulate all of this? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that is a beautiful question like that. I love it. And, and then it, and then he follows it up with, uh, you know, does the eagles mount up at your command? Mm-hmm. Do you have the authority? I mean, not mm-hmm. only do you do you have the knowledge, the understanding, do you have the authority to exactly. do Exactly. So, you know, it's the question that God's been asking have been building on themselves. And like Brian mentioned, you've got to, when, when you look, beyond the surface of, you know, God's asking rhetorical questions. Okay, now he's asking about animals. Now he's asking about this. Now, no, there's there's so much more when you look at what he's asking and they're kind of their meaning at that time. Do you, do you, I mean, do they fly by your wisdom? Do you know how? Uh, is it by your words that this happens? I mean, can you? And I think that's it's it's so it's it's kind of humbling, especially looking at these questions. And when I read this, a lot of these I kind of I, I kind of put myself in Job's place of you know God asking me these questions because there's sometimes that you know I, I find myself getting puffed up that yeah. you know oh I've got this I know I I know better than God you know not actually saying that but you know you get in that mindset sometimes that well I. I know better than God. I can. Yeah. I've got this down, and it's through things like this that it kind of it's a humbling experience, especially because the way that God is presenting it, it puts us in a way. It and you know these might this might be the, the a bad wording of it, but it puts us back in our place. Yeah. It, it it kind of knocks us down off that high horse of I got this. I'm in control of everything, and you know God reveals that. You can't even control the world around you, much less, you know, greater things. Yeah, one thing I like about this is it brings you down a peg without backhanding you. Right. It isn't yes. a backhanding like, you know, oh, you know, Job, you know nothing, and then it mm-hmm. backhands him. Yeah. You know, a mighty hand out of heaven. And no, he, he, God is using reason here. He's talking to Job. He's conversing with him. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you could look at this as, oh, you know, he's being rude. No, he's not, mm-hmm. because he's, he's, asking him questions he's bringing understanding into this he's bringing yeah. wisdom into this yeah. and showing him saying hey you know you know what one thing I like and, and you see the correlation of the knowledge that goes into all this uh, you know one last point I'd like to point out where it talks about it, it shows how though these you know though these birds and everything these birds of prey will build their nest on high they got keen eyesight to see their prey I mean mm-hmm. you see the intelligence there oh yeah and it's like in so many so many words, you know, Job, would you think of to do this? Mm-hmm. I mean, would you think of to make creatures in such a way? Well, I think and, it's also kind of interesting that, I mean, when we look at it, the past 37 chapters, God has remained silent while, you know, Job and his friends have talked and kind of uh, shown their knowledge. They've kind of presented this stuff. And God spends these two chapters asking questions, just posing these questions, which in a lot of ways... And, and I think you've mentioned this in it that sometimes we can kind of get like a broken record. We get complacent in our thought process yeah. and we just keep building off of that and until we just kind of wall ourselves off. And really what God is doing here is he's he's breaking he's breaking down those walls with these questions. Like Brian said, he's not being rude. He's saying it to where Job starts thinking. Just like a teacher asking a student, how did you come up with this? How did this? How did getting that student to think through to actually oh well maybe maybe it is wrong because of this or maybe I should look at it 
this way. Well, it's also when when you ask a rhetorical question, the person asking it obviously knows the answer, but also mm -hmm. it's given to draw you out uh, in many ways. As as the old as I've heard many times the quote say, you know, intent is prior to content. Is to draw you out, see the intent of the heart and everything, but also is to show your own limitations mm -hmm. and how you may be putting something into a box. But but again, as Greg was saying, you know, sometimes we come with all this understanding that we think we have, and then someone who is knowing, i.e. here God, is asking a question to then show you your limitations and to, you know, basically unveil and show, hey, you don't know everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's always... But it is also to get you to think, <laughs> but also it is here to humble him. Yeah. Because, as you said, you can get puffed up in, in what, in, in your own understanding, in the understanding of men and everything, and this is here to say, hey, let me show you this right here, and then you know, let me open your eyes to all all this stuff around you, so you can see. There's there's, you know, the, you don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Exactly, and again, it, it's it's so awesome. And Brian kind of just kind of glazed over, it. but it was exciting when we finally got to get to the part of you know God talking. In fact, there there there's one podcast that we've got kind of on the on on the cusp right now that. I, I honestly wanted to get into this because it's so awesome. We've built up to this point to actually see this interaction. And it's just so it's so humbling. It's so just amazing to to see how God uh, interacts, how, how God speaks, how what, what how he approaches it. And I mean it's just it's so awesome. So well guys, if you would uh, join us in a prayer. Our dear Father, Lord God, thank you so much for uh, for the time that you've given us to read through your word. I pray that you would just allow this to go out and uh, just spread throughout the ministry, throughout the community, Lord, throughout the internet. I pray that you would uh, just send people who need to hear your word, that need to hear these things, Lord God, uh, that that your word, uh, you say, does not return void, and we, we truly believe that, Lord God, that... Uh, if there's someone out there that needs this, that you would direct them to it. And Lord, I pray that if there's anybody that's sick or hurting uh, in the community, Lord, uh, that you would just be with them, give them uh, comfort, and uh, heal them as well, Lord God. And I pray that uh, you would continue to bless us as we uh, continue to do this ministry. In your holy name we pray. Amen. And now for a proverb. Reading out of the New King James, Proverbs 19, 17 through 20. He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. Chasten your son while there is hope, and do not set your heart on his destruction. A man of great wrath will suffer punishment, for if you rescue him, you will have to do it again. Listen to counsel and receive instruction, that you may be wise in your latter days. All right, well... As always, you can find out more information about us and all kinds of great things through our website at www.stillripples.org. Uh, there you'll see our various other uh, mediums or whatever in which you can contact us or stay in touch. I mean, we have Google+, Facebook, as well as Twitter. Mm -hmm. So uh, feel free to go on there, uh, give us a post, or you can post down below in the comments. Uh, we'd love to converse with you guys. As always, kind of keep it clean, and uh, let's be civil about it. Uh, we understand that there, you may have a differing view, uh, not necessarily on 
this particular one, but uh, we do have a couple of controversial ones out there. So, you know, by all means, please be respectful, and we will be respectful back. Yeah, we, we love questions, and who knows, your next your question could be the next uh, Skipping Stones or Still Ripples podcast. Exactly. So, as always, guys, we love you. And God bless. <laughs>